Let's get this bitch started. Stupid yet the rhyme's so brilliant Never could you bring the kid down, I'm too resilient And fuck them biting ass niggas who be stealing Y'all niggas copy my style like a chameleon I'm a Brazilian, that's one in a million Too high for ceilings, it's how I am feeling What the blood clot, how did all these thug rocks Have me looking dumb hot, with my eyes all bloodshot Now that's a mugshot, in the making Yo, 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 welcome back to another episode of the Hip Hop Heads Podcast H-Cubed up in this bitch Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We back with another episode. Definitely want to wish all of y'all belated happy Thanksgiving. Yes, yes. Uh, I don't know if we mentioned that in our last episode. Yes. But if we didn't, if we did, then happy Thanksgiving again, my nigga. You know, it doesn't hurt to say it again. I hope by now you don't throw away that motherfucking turkey because that shit's bad by now at this point. So, <laughs> you know, but shout out, shout out to all the aunties and moms and grandmas in the kitchen. You know, definitely was appreciated. Definitely a nice break from all the wild shit going on so exactly and you know what i gotta i gotta give a shout out to all the fellas that be in the kitchen hooking it up for thanksgiving because oh, yeah, nah. that's where the fuck my ass was for thanksgiving. <laughs> I, hey my man nah, hey look man all i gotta say is i peeped my man's mac and cheese through ig and that shit was official it just checked <laughs> off all the checks that needed to be checked off and that's all i need to know though yo let me just say this dog you know if every other food is gonna be fired by looking at the mac and cheese <laughs> like, that's just Facts. You just know. You just know, dog. You know if these niggas pay attention to the detail or not at that point. So honestly, macaroni and so, cheese is one of my signature dishes. So <laughs> oh, you <dog>. know. <laughs> look, dog. Hey, look, man. Mac and cheese is one of the most pivotal uh, and important components of Thanksgiving. But we could talk about that on a different date because Facts. I feel like it's gonna take way too long to get into the intricacies. Of fucking Thanksgiving dinner, but we break. It's been like an hour just breaking down the mechanics of mac and cheese for Facts. fucking. <laughs> hey yo, nah, I seen a, uh, I seen somebody's Thanksgiving dinner have the uh, the craft mac and cheese like you know like straight out the box. God bless them and everything, you know. Mm. I just hope it was one of those households that like aren't really like because because here's the truth, right? I feel like Latino households. The only way that we'll know about baking mac and cheese is because we have black friends. <laughs> Who like do that shit because we don't ever dog ask any Spanish friend dog them motherfuckers will be like dog hell nah nah every, every time my, my boy told me the same thing he was like it, it took him like years to figure out uh, yeah. what macaroni and cheese really was and it definitely was until he was living with black people <laughs> nah, that's a fact because dog it wasn't until it wasn't until like one of my black friends told me or, or like gave me some of they some of they food or leftovers or some shit I was like dog Y'all niggas bake this mac and cheese? I didn't even know that you could bake mac and cheese. Yeah. And so I was was like 15 or something. I was like, what? I thought it just came stirred up in the pot. (laughs) Nah, I thought, thought, yeah, I thought everybody just ate their mac and cheese like that. And and I failed to realize how whack it was comparatively. But regardless, here we are. Well, honestly, seasonings will take you a long way, bro. (laughs) Oh, nah, facts. Seasoning, a little bit of extra... A three cheese, six cheese blend, whatever the fuck you got going on. Mm-hmm. Actual cheese instead of, you know, processed bullshit. No Velveeta. No Velveeta. God, God forbid. That'll get you a f- in a fight in a black person kitchen. <laughs> that's <a fact. laughs> nah, that's a fact. But like I said, y'all, definitely hope y'all had a blessed one. Hope y'all stayed safe out there. And, you know, we back with the fuck we on this. You know, we back with a regular episode. Yes, so thank y'all for tuning in, man. Thank as, y'all for tuning in. As always, as always. So let's just go ahead and get into it now that we done already, you know, killed like the first five minutes talking about macaroni and cheese and shit. <laughs> um, Facts. Why don't we go ahead and start with 
One of the biggest things that happened over the Thanksgiving weekend, and that would be the pay-per-view that actually was worth paying for. Even though I didn't pay uh, for it, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to the plug. You know, you know who you are. You you're, you're. You know who you are. But it would have been worth paying for. Uh, oh, Mike yeah. Tyson versus oh, Roy Jones Jr. There you go, Roy Jones Jr. <laughs> Jake Paul versus Nate Robinson. And I don't remember. It was like Swagger, Swagwa versus I don't know some African dude versus a white boy, and then two Spanish niggas, two real small, small Spanish niggas that 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 wrecked in the in the first nah, fight, dog. That fight hey, was hey, vicious. So were the other ones actually boxes? Because I don't, honestly, I only tuned in during the Nate fight and up. That's, yeah, that's no, the two undercard matches were actually boxers. Like yeah, the first one was a oh, featherweight okay. jump, and I think it was like I want to say Gutierrez and like Velasquez or something or Vasquez oh, or something okay. like that. But I mean, these right. two, both these niggas was like a hundred and five pound, like one hundred and twenty five pounds. Like all of one was like five right. nine, the other one's like five six. Like it was. Look, let, let me just tell the people out there who don't watch boxing, right? If you ever turn on boxing <laughs> and you see two Mexican niggas that weigh each weigh 125 pounds soaking wet, yep. just know these niggas are going to beat the shit out of each other and they're going to still last all 12 rounds. And that, that's a fucking fact. Like the only thing <laughs> that one had over the other was that he was taller, had the like the, had the longer mm-hmm. reach, but he was not the nigga that won the fight. The little Mexican nigga is uh, the yeah, one maybe. that I think he had like 177 punches landed versus like 130. I was like, I, damn, what the fuck? I'm about to say, but he probably ate the shit out of all of them 130 punches. Like a fucking beast. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, dog. So. You know, for all of y'all that, that say that, oh, uh, boxing is boring, that it's such, it's a defensive game, and this and the third, watch Mexican boxers box. I'm trying to tell you, in particular, the ones that weigh under 140 because their punches aren't all that strong, so they're going to be punching all day. So. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you, like, I don't know why people don't think boxing isn't a thing. I mean, you have to protect yourself. You have to set up your defense. So there mm-hmm. definitely is a defensive aspect to boxing. And Thanks. that is something that Nate Robinson did not take into account. <laughs> nope. Great. I love the transition, by the way. But let's let's just let's just die face face first, no pun intended. Into <laughs> 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 <so> that <laughs> Hey no, I really didn't mean I really didn't mean that pun there, but all pun intended, I guess. Fuck it. Let's just Yeah, no. Alright. So so for those of y'all that don't know, right, Nate Robinson used to be a NBA basketball player won the dunk contest at least once, maybe twice, if I'm not thinking correctly right now. But mm-hmm. he definitely won it at least once. And also, and he's only 5'8 or 5'9, something around that. Yeah, ballpark. he was, I think he was at one point the shortest person in the league. No, nah, he, def- he definitely was, at least at that time. And that, I don't know, I feel like that says a lot about his grit and his just, he always played with like that hard-nosed grit in any team that he was, I feel. He always brought that energy. Yeah, he was a scrapper. That, he was definitely nah, a scrapper. for sure. For sure. For him to be his height and also be playing in the league with niggas that are a foot taller than him, at least. Exactly. So, coming into this whole ordeal, which I didn't even know was a thing until like a week ago. Apparently, Jake Paul, who, for those of you that don't know, is this YouTuber, vlogger kind of guy who apparently he's also been boxing lately. Him and his brother. And apparently, him and Nate Robinson got into some sort of whatever and they were like, fuck it, let's let's box. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, when people think, okay, Nate Robinson, professional athlete, played in the fucking NBA, played professional sports, 
for 10 years and was pretty solid doing it, right? Yeah, definitely. Against against this fucking YouTube guy. Played on some of the legendary yeah. teams, dog. No, for sure. For sure. Played on a lot of really good teams against this YouTuber guy. Now, he was taller than him. Had I'm sure he had a little bit of weight on him. Maybe <sighs> not all that much. I know he had some weight on him. <laughs> but I think at the end of the day, it just all came down to who had the best technique, who had the best strategy, I guess, going into the joint. I mean, simply because, like you were saying, you know, Nate Robinson went in with his hands down every single time and got dropped in the first round. Mm-hmm. Got dropped in the first round, right? And barely, honestly, if it wasn't for the referee allowing the fight to keep going, he could have caught the fight after that after yeah. the knockout. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't know if you noticed that, but he gave him like a good like three, four seconds before he started counting the count. Oh, no, and I didn't notice that. Yeah, he dog. That was a really, really long count. Wow! And he got up, and I and I really do feel like it was for the sake of keeping the fight going. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. But I, he made it to the second round, and and then he that's when he got dropped again. Got up and got dropped for a third time. At that point, he was just like like quite literally uh, out cold. Like fell like a ton of bricks. Da dun dun. Yeah, nah. Da dun da dun da dun dun. All the way down. Dog. <laughs> uh, now I will say this though. I, I give him credit because I feel like the very God honest truth is that anybody can get knocked out. True. Like people people are like I mean don't get me wrong, I was one of the people laughing. But people were like laughing and, and just and, and just like you know, joking all around. But the God honest truth is that I feel like anybody can get knocked out and it just so happened that he got knocked out this time. Yeah. And, and it's you know what I mean? And and, and granted, you know, I felt like the way it was kind of set up, it kind of felt like white versus black. Because I don't know if you peeped on, on social media, but a lot of people were like, damn, God, this nigga set his back 400 years. <laughs> Niggas <laughs> is always going to say some dumb shit like that. Nah, Just because we nah. always expect that we beat white boys. That's the problem. Nah, no. but And then that's another thing that I saw is that this is why you don't underestimate white boys. Because these niggas is fucking boxing now and shit. So, but nonetheless, though, I definitely give a, a big kudos and shout out to Nate Robinson. Or even stepping in there, and, and, and you got to think, right? I feel like at this point he had way more to lose than Jake Jake Paul. Or yeah, Paul? Jake Paul. Jake Paul. No, yeah, he Jake. had he had so much more to lose. That's the and, problem. And the, and the reason for that for me, right, is that I feel like if if Jake lost, he's a fucking goofy YouTuber at the end of the day. You know, he, he's not really in a. Nate Robinson, he does ESPN from time to time. He's a former, he's an NBA analyst, a former NBA player. I feel like he has a certain respect on his name that Jake Paul is kind of like this troll kind of type of dude. Yeah. Now, so I, I do give him credit for that, that I feel like he stepped in that position knowing that he has so much to lose and, and in a lot of ways kind of lost it because I feel like he's going to be somewhat of like a, like a laughing stock for the next couple weeks or so. <laughs> but, but I will say this. He's taking it like a champ, and I feel like he took it like a man. He kind of joked about it a little bit by posting the pops uh, picture from Friday. Oh he god! About, yeah. he, he posted that joint and was like, "Yeah, you know, uh, pretty much just kind of making light of the situation to a certain extent." And I feel like that's all you can really do. You know what I mean? Like in situations like this, like you just gotta laugh for everybody else, dog. Like the, the the more people, I guess, the more people see that you're taking taking it a hard way the more it's gonna keep coming so i feel like all you gotta do is just keep it rocking dog and you know maybe get on espn in a couple weeks and this shit will, i'm sure i'm sure somebody else will get knocked out by that <laughs> i'm not no no bullshit though no bullshit 
Well, I mean, you like he honestly, Nate Robinson has nothing to do but take it. I mean, just th- th- maybe this will let niggas know that just because you're an athlete or just because you're athletic and you're muscular, or whatever, whatever, does not mean that you're going to be good at every fucking sport that you try. But let's just go ahead and get that put out right now. And that that's actually a very a perfect. I feel like a perfect analogy for the whole situation that like just because you're athletic does not mean you can fight. Exactly. That's because because a lot of people you know they equivalent size or just strength and shit like that or just overall athleticism to being able to whoop somebody's ass. And honestly, I thought the same thing going into this fight. I thought, okay, this nigga's gonna whoop his ass. He's a professional fucking athlete, played in the NBA for ten years, won a dunk contest. Mm-hmm. And this nigga is not a professional athlete. Like he's he just started doing this later on. But I mean, you know, I, it looks like he was doing that a lot more than Nate. I'll tell you that. Yeah, it definitely looked like he took it way more seriously. But then again, I don't know what his training regimen was. We don't know what Jake's uh, training regimen was in comparison. But I mean, the the simple fact is is that Nate did not have a defense, and the fact and. Because they always say the best defense is a, is a is a good offense, but no nigga, like you need some defense in boxing. You can't just be all offense, or you gonna catch them them paws, and you gonna get knocked the fuck out. And I hope now, he takes this as a lesson and just grows from it. If he, I, actually, I hope he continues boxing so that he can actually come back and show that he is better than his first exhibition type thing. And again, his first boxing match, it was his first exhibition. He, got, I'm sure yeah, he no, was excited. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like just trying to no no. Which is why, you know, one of the things that me and Rose was saying that usually in the situations when somebody's very first time, everything goes out the window. Like mm-hmm. every training, everything, you know, completely out the window. So I feel like it, it kind of makes sense for it to have gone how it went, unfortunately for him. But um, I don't know, man. And we were actually talking about this with my brother uh, after the fight, how I feel like a lot of people are kind of, especially a lot of like boxing purists, they were kind of like, you know, talking about how this is a mockery of the sport and whatnot, not just that fight, but also uh, the Tyson and, and and Roy Jones fight, uh, simply because there were these two old guys fighting. I I on I on one on one side feel that if if this is if you go into this knowing that this isn't going to be a top tier boxing show or whatever, then I feel like it's perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. You're like you're not getting gypped. like unless unless you're completely oblivious to what's going on. You're not you're not getting gypped into buying this shit. Yeah, exactly. At least I feel everybody knows it's a novelty thing, you know, like like Tyson at fifty four fighting Roy Jones at fifty one. Exactly. Like that that it's a novelty thing. It's you know and it's like it's like watching any old nigga do any sport. Like I've seen old niggas play basketball. I've seen old niggas play soccer. I've seen old niggas play tennis. I've even seen old niggas run track. It you you have a certain technique to that sport. That yeah. is really the key versus the athleticism to you being good mm-hmm. at that sport. Mm-hmm. And as long as you can keep that technicality, you're good with playing the fucking sport. Honestly, no, I mean, fact. like like with soccer, you ever watch a bunch of old niggas play soccer, dog? Oh, they yeah. are literally yeah. out there not doing shit flashy. It's all by the books and all that other shit. Yeah. So. No, don't. No, trust me, dog. I feel like that's one of the most Spanish things ever is your father plays soccer. Until his arthritis doesn't let him play soccer, like you know what I mean. Exactly. Like that's just the truth. Exactly. But an- another thing that I feel like uh, us being hip hop heads, we gotta talk about was the fact that Wiz Khalifa, YG, and I'm not sure who the third guy was, but also Snoop Dogg all performed. Oh, French Montana. Fights. No, that wasn't French Montana. Yeah, that was French Montana. 
French Montana no, performed. Well, he French Montana performed first, so you didn't see that. Okay. No, <laughs> um, but yeah, you had uh, Saint John that performed later on. A singer. Okay, him. Yeah, I know who the hell that was. Yeah, he's a he's Are an R and B singer. I've heard of him through a friend, oh, okay. but I'd never okay. seen him perform before. I'd never seen him actually physically before until. Then. At first, I thought it was Young Thug. I was like, because he sounded kind of like Young Thug in some parts. I was like, no, that's not fucking Young Thug. Mm-mm. But um, nonetheless, we had all those performances. But we also had Snoop Dogg doing commentary, which I think was one of the greatest things they need ever. To, they need to let Snoop commentate on more things. On everything. He yes. should be commentating everything. Especially, especially shit that he doesn't really know too much about. <laughs> because I feel like that makes it even funnier. Because he just puts his own twist to it and, and it's the greatest thing ever, though. You know, the, the greatest thing ever. There was a petition a couple years back to have Snoop Dogg like either do the voiceover for like the Planet Earth special where they go around the world oh, and yeah. show different stuff or just like some animal something that they had on TV because I remember watching a clip that he uh, he did a quick voiceover I think it was like a cheetah chasing down a gazelle or some shit yeah, that yeah, was yeah. one of the funniest things yeah. I have ever heard yo they need to let him do that for real no no they really do I just feel like and they need, they need to let him do him too yeah it can't be no whitewashed you know, like watered down version of it. Like it needs to be cursing. It needs to be everything. He needs to be able to be smoking a J in the middle of him watching that shit. Mm-hmm. Like it needs to be all the way that. Exactly. And, and, and it's and, and it's it's funny because that's what happened at the joint at the fight when mm-hmm. he was commentating. Yeah. Right. Right before he commentated the fight, he was smoking a J on stage. Mm-hmm. Went on there and commentated the fight fucking probably murked out of his mind so i want to say snoop performed like a good 10 minutes and was smoking the entire time oh yeah and i don't think that blunt got very small (laughs) that show was a huge blunt that's a fact no that's a fact so definitely shout out to snoop dogg for being he might be what like in his 50s now. snoop dogg definitely in his 50s like maybe mid 50s or so i would say so hold on let me look up how old is snoop dogg he's 49 oh oh yeah I, th- I, th- I actually thought he was a little bit older than that, to be honest. I did, too. He looks a little bit older than that. But n- but nonetheless, shout out to Snoop for keeping all this energy and, and still being relevant within the culture. You know, yeah. I feel like that's that's such an impressive thing that I feel like is undeniable, for one, that he's still 100% relevant in the culture. And just him being able to do that, is, it's, it's, it's almost unheard of. Honestly, I want to say people thought that Snoop was like one of the biggest sellout rappers back in the day because he did a lot of commercials and all that other shit. But like, if you think about it, that puts Snoop in America's eyes. Everyone knows who Snoop was because he did Sprite commercials. He did this commercial. He was in this movie. He was in that movie. Like Snoop has run the gamut of shit that you can do as an artist. He's gone into different styles of music. He's gone to different uh, record labels and signed all type of ridiculous contracts. And he's just been able to keep himself... Yeah. In the American lexicon, I mean, whether it's like with you know the cooking show he's got with uh, what's her face? Um, oh, uh, 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 I keep wanting to call her Barbara I, Walters, and that's not her name. No, uh, <laughs> she went to jail, right? Yeah, Martha Stewart. That's her Martha name. Stewart. <laughs> Martha fucking Stewart. <laughs> so yeah, one thing I will say about the Tyson fight is that Tyson won. I'm sorry, like <laughs> Tyson definitely no, yeah, won. Yeah, so sure. I don't know no, where yeah. they got a tie from, but. No, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was strange. Uh, I mean, I, I heard initially from the jump, they were asking Tyson, cause, you know, Tyson was doing a lot of interviews this week, uh, obviously leading up doing promo for the fight. Yeah. And a lot of people were asking it. Well, not a lot of people, but some people were asking them about the rules and how there wasn't going to be a winner 
uh, and that it was just going to be a draw, I guess, so that neither one of the fighters takes a loss to their record. I'm guessing that's what that was for. But it's not like it's going on their record. They're not boxing as an official boxing match. Oh, yeah. Well, you're right. You're right. You're so, right. This was a, it was a, it was an exhibition match. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? Honestly, I don't know. I, I mean, don't know why. Then. And in an, and I guess in an exhibition, it really doesn't matter who wins. But if you watch that fight at all, oh yeah, yeah, Tyson sure. was technically way better. Yeah, no f- facts. He was definitely uh, pressuring him throughout most of the fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roy Jones was doing a lot of the running. Which honestly, look, I'm gonna be real with you, dog. This is why I didn't want to watch this fight in a, in a lot of ways was because. I just didn't want to see Roy Jones get like his head knocked off. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I feel like it was very possible, especially at, at his age. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like it's kind of dangerous. You know what I mean? So I feel like Tyson definitely wasn't punching him as hard as he probably could Mm-mm. because I just, you know what I mean? I just feel like, I don't know. I just feel like it was, it was more for the spectacle of the, of, of the event. I feel true uh, that they did this. And honestly, it worked. And I feel like. I feel like I'm not disappointed in the time that I spent on it. You know, I, you know, if it was, if it was like a circus show all the way, I would have been, even if I did watch it for free. Yeah. Allegedly, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, allegedly. But if, if I feel like it definitely, I, I didn't mind watching. I feel like it was pretty entertaining and, and, you know, God bless Nate Robinson, man. That's all I'm going to say. Hey, facts. We're, we're praying for <laughs> you, bro. <laughs> yeah, facts. <laughs> All right. Now, Quando Rondo had a recent show of his, the first show of his since King Vaughn passed away. Uh, he had it actually canceled by the police. And then he decides to get on Instagram, social media, whatever, which one it was, and proceed to tell everybody that, no, my show wasn't canceled by the police. My show wasn't canceled by the police when it was very obvious that it was. <laughs> and apparently everybody just started going in on him and clowning the shit out of him. So he decided that he was just going to, like, stop all social media and just, I guess, de- delete it. All delete his done, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and I don't know if I don't know if we've talked about it on the podcast, but he actually released recently a pretty much a, this song, really, uh, talking about what happened with uh, the whole King Vaughn situation. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's it's, it's kind of like a weird thing. Uh, I mean, I don't know if his, his lawyer is okay in that or whatnot, but he pretty much just came out and was like, look, man, this shit was self-defense and... You know, y'all would if, if the same thing would have happened to me, y'all would y'all be saying the same thing and blah 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 and this that and the third. But man, I don't know, man. It's just I, I I really do feel like that situation is gonna get a lot more messy before the shit resolves itself. You know what I mean? Because these these concerts are getting canceled for a reason. Though. Yeah, exactly. It, 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 it's not it's not because empty threats or people think that you know they hear threats on the internet. I'm sure whoever the police is getting their sources from is like yo these niggas is really thinking about doing something so yeah and, 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 and you gotta think right you gotta think aside from you killing one of their 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 friends right you stopped a major income source for that group of people like like you gotta think about how that is gonna make them feel like a lot of these people didn't have to resort to I mean, they probably were breaking laws, you know what I mean? But not the same ones that they were having to do before. Like, they, they had a, a legal source of income coming in by being his security team or his travel team or whatever you want to call it, right? Exactly. But now, all these niggas is back in Chicago, back on Old Block, mm-hmm. and they ain't got shit to do. It's the fucking pandemic. So they ain't got shit to do but come and get your ass. So and you know I what I mean? Like guarantee they haven't saved none of the money that they did make off that nigga while he was here. So. Oh, facts, 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 facts. So 
Yeah, man, it's just it's just a really again like a sad situation all around. You know, we've talked about it already on the show, and uh, I don't know, man. Like, I know, I know, a lot of people have been saying coming out and saying that you know, Quando Rondo did or Quando Rondo's man did what he was supposed to do because he was he was the shooter and he was protecting the bag. I've actually heard a lot of people come out and say that, mm-hmm. which to some degree, I guess you could argue that. But I just I just looking at the video. I just feel like it was a coward thing to do, you know what I mean, all around, especially when you had other people in your crew there with you. It's one thing, right, if you see a gang of niggas walking up to your artist and you're the shooter, you know what I mean, and it's just you and him. Yeah. But but you had, if you had your crew there, you know what I mean, I feel like it's it's kind of a coward thing to do, but I don't know, man. It's it's going to be it's, it's going to be very hairy how this plays out, I feel. Yeah, I agree with you. There's nothing really that's going to be good to come out of this, point blank period. There's going to be, like you said, there's going to be a lot more problems because, like you said, there's more niggas out there doing shit that they didn't need to be doing in the first place. And, I mean, you know, I I feel for all the people in, in that position, the people that, you know, lost something, the people that are going to lose something, and the people that have already planning whatever they're doing to to whoever they're planning to do it for. You know, I just I pray that the whole situation is alright and that you know yep. no one really gets hurt. People think about what they what they're doing and just decide, you know, is it really worth it? Yeah, nah, for sure. And especially like, you know, and again, I know one side, you know, the money keeps coming in for one side, but and it's easier to say, you know, just keep getting your money when one side is still having that money come in and the other side essentially that money stopped coming in so it's kind of a difficult and it's kind of a a difficult i guess thing to try to push but you know hopefully some sort of logic uh and reasoning takes over and you know we can have some sort of peace you know i agree with you sir i agree with you all right man so next topic we're going to talk about my man thug young thugger uh so I mean, look, man, y'all know how I feel about him. I feel like he's, without a doubt, to me, a pioneer to a lot of a lot of sounds that are coming out right now, a lot of eccentric artists who are trying different things and shit like that. I feel like he broke a lot of walls down when it came to that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he's, he's without a doubt, to me, he's a, he's a legendary artist, and I feel like he's going to go down as a legendary artist. But he has some things to say about a le- another legendary artist who a lot more people might consider legendary which is Andre 3000 now especially to the Atlanta area Andre is a, a very important figure a lot of people would you know we were having this discussion before the podcast would 100% put him in the Atlanta um, what is it that uh, Mount Rushmore yes for sure for sure so when you know when when I, I believe it was on the TI show the Ex- Expeditiously show <laughs> oh, come on T.I. let's let's whatever my man, my man, yeah, facts, facts. My man, uh, Thug went on T.I. show and T.I., or yeah, T.I. brought up Andre 3000. And Thug started instantly pretty much bashing Andre 3000. And, you know, T.I., you know, as a good host, got to the bottom of it and figured out what was going on. Now, essentially what happened was, or at least what I got out of it was that Thug probably asked Andre 3000 for a feature. Andre 3000 was acting a little Hollywood, or maybe not Hollywood, but maybe a little secluded or selective in whatever he was doing, and decided not not to work with him. Now, or, or or maybe didn't get back to him, or whatever the case may be. But pretty much, he started talking bad about Andre 3000 and saying that he don't really listen to Andre 3000 and that he don't really wasn't really inspired by him, and that and when Ti suggested he work with him, just like how he worked with Elton John, 
He said that Elton John kisses ass and Andre 3000 likes his ass kissed. Now, to me, that just sounds like he's salty because Andre 3000 didn't give him a feature. That's what it That's sounds what it like sounds to me, like. too. Now, now and, and, and I think we could agree on that, right? Mm-hmm. Now, let, let me just bring the other side of the coin here. Okay. Do you feel like as an OG from an area, whether it be Atlanta, whether it be the New York area, East Coast, West Coast, whatever, wherever it may be, do you feel like as an OG that you owe the new school like a, you know, kind of like a, like, I don't know, like, like, like a, a mentoring figure or just kind of being that, like that OG figure for, for, for the rap scene? Do you feel like, now I know it's not old to them, but like, do you feel like it, it's something that should be done? Or do you feel like it depends on the artist? I honestly feel like it depends on the artist. Like, not everyone is going to be a helpful person. <laughs> I mean, we know that in life. Uh, not yeah. everyone is going to care. And maybe this nigga don't like your work. Maybe that's why he chose not to work with you, because he don't like what you do. We don't know the reason why Andre 3000 said what he said or why he or why Thug feels whatever he said to Thug to make Thug feel the way he feel. That's what I'm trying to say. But, like, I don't think that uh, Andre 3000 should be beholden to to help Young Thug, to be featured on Young Thug songs. I mean, like, you're an artist. You put out the best work that you can. And when you try to go for features, you go for people who you want, obviously. I mean, look, Future said the other day that he's given up on trying to get a... Or not Future. Um, 2 Chains is uh, given up on trying to get a Jay-Z feature. I mean, they friends, but he can't get that nigga in the studio on any of his stuff. That doesn't mean that Jay doesn't like 2 Chains, because obviously they're friends. I mean, if Young Thug actually got to know 3000, maybe they could be friends. Maybe they get along fine. That still doesn't guarantee that he'll work with him. He'll mentor him. He'll do anything like that. So, I mean, it's it's always great when, you know, your favorites or one of the legendary greats co-signs you or gets on your shit or mentors you, helps you out, invites you to studio time, shit like that. But they're not, they not obligated to do that. Like, it's just like, am I obligated to what? Am I just because someone, just because I was friends with somebody in high school after I see them, you know, 15, 20 years later, I'm not obligated to hang out with them if they want to hang out because we had a, a connection in high school, but never really talked after that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, that's the way I look at it. I don't feel like anybody's obligated to do anything for anybody except for like, you know, you and your kids or you and your wife or you and you, maybe like your mother or some shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. And, and again, you know, I think we 100% both agree on this kind of just being thug, just being butthurt about the situation. And, and, and because I, I feel like thug, young thug is somebody who's really, I guess, into himself in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, and I feel like he probably feels like he's, I think he's a really big artist, but I feel like he might feel like he's bigger than what he really is. I often feel uh, that about a lot of artists. Oh, no, no, for sure. There's there's a lot of delusions of Granger with a lot of these motherfuckers, right? That's mm-hmm. just a fact. But what I am what I feel like is kind of true because I feel like Andre... And again, this maybe it's, it's more so his personality because he's kind of always been secluded away from the limelight in yeah. general. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I feel like for that reason, I feel like Andre, it kind of... To, to, to speak in his defense and I don't even know if this is really what it is but this is just what it seems like it is is that he just rather stay out of the way you know what I mean so I feel like that's that's why I feel like that's why this happened I, I feel like it has nothing to do because I, I want to say I've seen an interview or, or they, they they put up an interview to go along with uh, what Thug said 
that they asked Andre about Young Thug, and he actually said that he liked him. He liked his music, and he liked what he was doing for Atlanta. But I just feel like maybe for Andre, he's just not in that realm of making music. Because let's be real. What's the last Andre 3000 verse we've heard? Exactly. Like, okay, Andre 3000 did actually say not too long ago in some interview he did, I can't remember who it was with, but he was just like, I haven't felt like making music. I haven't felt creative. I haven't felt what what made me make music in the 90s and the 2000s i don't feel that right now so i'm not making music like i think he said he plays guitar and he plays piano and like you know records random stuff that he plays but he's not actually making music and if you think about it not many people have verses that guest star andre 3000 i think beyonce has got one Khalees has got one and i think maybe one other person and i can't even remember who it is but there are so few people that he's I, featured on their on their music i know who it is and he got two Two features from Andre. Who? My boy Frank Ocean, baby. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm go. just saying. My man got two fucking Andre features on back-to-back albums. Exactly. I'm just saying. And also, so, hold on. One thing. Just to say what you said before. This nigga's a legend. Andre 3000 is yeah. an actual legend. Like, like, I know you're saying... You, that's one thing I, I don't like is the use of the word legend for newer artists. Because I don't feel like you can be a legend until after you've had a certain amount of success. A certain amount of actual like years in the game where you've been able to sustain. Like That, to me, makes legendary status. Is that you can sustain over, over years. I don't think Thug has been in the game quite so long right now to be considered a legend. I think it takes more time. Even if he's reaching like a 10-year spot, like I just don't think he's reached the legendary status yet. Personally, that's me. I'm very particular about how I go with legendary status. All right, well, let me just let me answer what you just said now. <laughs> because Andre, as great as his run was, mm-hmm. was not that long either. Uh, Andre's run went from the early 90s until the mid to late 2000s. Mid to late 2000s? Mm-hmm. Like around 2008. I think it was the last time we heard anything by Outkast. Nah, but 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 Outkast that was like I would say 2005, 2006 was like the like I think early 2006 to early 2000. Okay, that but was how long has that, Young Thug been active? Probably since like a good close to ten years. I would say between nine to ten years. I would say that he's been so in 2009, that 2010 that he came out right. I would say 2010 to 2011 probably. Okay, and so give give or take ten years. How many albums does Thug have out? Probably a fucking lot. I and mean, I don't know how, many, cr- how many critically acclaimed songs does does Thug have? Uh, I'm I'm not know. I don't know. I mean, I'd have, I'd have to look that up. And what's what's but, his what, what's his tours and shit looking like? I mean, there's there's this there's, there's no, levels to legendary status. Oh, bro. but 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 you also have to consider this that it's not always about critically acclaimed and who the fuck cares about this white guy in fucking uh, some hipster apartment in new york has to say about this fucking rap album i feel like his the impact on the culture impacts as much as critically acclaimed does okay like, you, i feel like you I, can say that like there is there is impact on 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 hip-hop culture but a lot of people who are legends have had impact on more than hip-hop culture like they have transcended hip-hop culture like you think about okay i give you an, a person like uh tina turner tina turner was a rock and roll star and she transcended that shit and became a worldwide phenomenon so that she was encompassed in more than that type of music so she was not make she was making r&b she's making rock and roll she was doing everything you look at michael jackson michael jackson was another artist that was able to transcend and have a massive career and go into not just pop but hip-hop 
He worked with with rappers. He worked with other R&B singers. He worked with other pop stars. He worked with country stars. Like he worked with rock stars. I mean, like Michael Jackson transcended everything. Young Thug is not at that transcendent thing yet. Like you want to talk about people who are loved all over the world and have worked with multiple different types of musicians and stuff like that. Young Thug's not on that level yet. That's all I'm saying. Look, to be fair, he's worked with Elton John. Mm-hmm. He, he's worked with a bunch of fucking niggas from Atlanta. Uh-huh, that doesn't count. <laughs> he's worked with... Uh, no, no, hey, you know what's funny? You're laughing, right? But I guarantee you, I guarantee... Oh, matter of fact, he's worked with my man... He's worked with... What the fuck is this nigga's name? From the fucking uh, the Black Eyed Peas. What, Will I what's Am? It? Okay, no. okay, well, let me put it this way. If you're a legend, you're pretty much worldwide known. And I'm talking about, like, mamas, daddies, grandmas. Everybody knows who you are because okay, so if you're Andre a legend, you're at that legend. level. Hey, more people know who Andre 3000 or know who Outkast are versus Young Thug. I can guarantee that. Uh, nah, I'd have to disagree with that. I'd say, I'd say it's, it's, it's a, it may be a little bit. But you, now, you real you real saucy today. You real no, saucy today. No, you because, real saucy because, today. <laughs> because let's be real, dog. Aside from uh, uh, Miss Jackson, what is a song that transcended hip hop culture? Okay, the whole world. I'm gonna uh, make you move. Hey y'all. Uh, anything hey, from hey, Mistake y'all. on your album? Uh, no, uh, no, 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 Rosa no, no, Parks. No, 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 no. You can't just you can't just say anything on on that album, dog. That transcended hip hop. You can't say that. Okay, well they were one of the biggest touring groups in the world at that point, and they were working with all types of manner of artists. So doesn't trans. Okay, okay, okay. No, no, no. Okay. See, okay. Nah, well, what 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 if what song of Young Thugs oh, transcends oh, hip hop? I'm not gonna let you get away with that general ass statement. No, no, no. Well, okay, well answer for, answer mine. What song of Young Thugs transcends hip hop? The one he did with uh, Elton John? No, I wouldn't say that because it's a hip hop song. I, I I wouldn't say okay. he's done a song that I could think of at the top of my head that's translated hip hop. But what I'm saying is, I feel like Outkast has maybe at the absolute most two songs. One for sure, which is Miss Jackson. Okay, bombs but, over Baghdad. I don't even know. What Rosa song. Parks. Just because you don't know the song doesn't mean that everybody else doesn't know the song. No, but you're <laughs> saying it transcended hip hop. So that means that my mom probably heard it. My mom's probably heard Miss Jackson. Like if you if I, you play Miss Jackson from my mom, she probably will be like, okay, I think I've heard this song. My mom knows but, what Miss Jackson is. My mom knows what Bombs Over Baghdad is. Like she's heard all of these songs before. I mean, like Outcast, all of that stuff was the was some of the biggest songs that Outcast had at at, at the you know period. God. So like I mean, I mean. I, I, I give you that Young Thug transcended some stuff in hip hop and he changed some stuff in hip hop, but not, I don't think many people outside of hip hop know who Young Thug is. Point blank, period. Because he's not put out there like that. He's not put on a major stage. He's not put on the same stage that Drake is put on so that people everywhere would know him. He's just not on that stage, period. He's mostly with for and with the hood niggas all the time. So, like, if you're a fan of hip-hop, of course you know who Young Thug is. But if you're not, like, if you're a fan, if you're a casual fan of hip-hop, you probably have heard of Young Thug, but you may not even know him in any of his music. But you also have to consider the landscape of music now compared to back then. I feel like social media and shit like that, I feel like it it kind of affects how big artists get and, and who they get, I guess, put out to. So I feel like it's kind of hard to say, but I still feel that... At the end of it all, Young Thug will be considered a legend in rap. 
And I, feel I like- say give him some time. Y'all niggas don't want to give people time to actually grow and become a legend. Y'all nigga, a nigga has a hot like two, three years. Oh my God, this nigga's yeah. a legend. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Like, I mean, I hear that shit all the time. Like, you look at actual established legends, no matter what genre they're in, they work their ass off, they did their thing, and they've been, they been hot for years. They, some of these motherfuckers are still touring and they 60 some years old. That's why they legends. Most of these, you know, most, like, Young Thug is not gonna be still touring when he's 60 years old. Let's just point blank period. And he's not gonna have as memorable music as a lot of legends are gonna have. Point blank period. Yes. 99% of artists right now that came up between the era of like streaming, I guess, are not going to be touring. You know why? Because I feel like music itself is more fast food consumed. So for that reason, I feel like albums, projects, and artists in general, their life lifespan isn't as long as it used to be because there's so much shit out there that's very true but touring is always going to be something that people are want to go see their artist and as long as people are still wanting to see that hot exactly the hot artist the person that's going to end up being a legend (laughs) that's the person that's going to be able to contour tour for the rest of their life you're talking about but they're not going to be able to tour for the rest of their life because that's the idea because you're talking about these guys that are touring right now that were popping like in the 80s or 90s or even the 70s that are still touring now but these guys got that before this new style of music came out. Like Just because there's a new that. style of music doesn't mean that changes what makes someone legendary. There's, there uh, still has to be standards. The standards can't change just because no, the way listen. we listen to music change. Like the- it does, it does, it does do that because you gotta think, dog. How many times, even in 2012, I feel like that was like around the last era where you would actually people would actually listen to an album and it would sink in. And artists, dog, think about how many new artists come out. Like, it's almost, I almost guarantee you 99% of, of rappers right now that are out right now will not be touring 10, 15 years on the line. And a lot of rappers just... right now will not be considered legendary. Point blank period, okay, but again. W- w- why not? Because they have to put in the work and actually get popular and be able to have that following so that they can sustain a career over years. Snoop Dogg is a legendary artist because he's been able to sustain that shit and keep it going through the years. Some people are classic artists, but they never really become legendary because they don't, they stop after a while and they just don't do anything after that point. Look, man. I'm just saying, dog. And again, like, I know I'm old school versus your new school, but I mean, you can't just change standards up whenever it's convenient. It's not changing (laughs) standards. It's not changing standards because you have to acknowledge, dog, the fact that music is not consumed the same way that it was 10, 15 years ago. You have to acknowledge that. We already acknowledge that. I've already acknowledged that. But again, just because music is consumed differently does not mean that Young Thug is going to be that legendary popular ass artist. Just because, just because, like, I I don't, I don't, I don't get why you don't understand that. Like, you just specified that argument right there into that, into what I was saying. But that's not, that's not my whole thing I was saying. What I was saying was in general, you, you were talking about artists touring 10, 15 years on the line and Young Thug isn't going to be that. But what I was telling you was, is that's almost impossible. It's almost going to be impossible for almost any artist down the line, except for maybe one or two artists that have came out in the last 10 years. And, I, and that's a guarantee. I, I promise you that. Do you and realize because- that artists make the majority of their money touring? That's why they stay on tour and go on tour okay. for a long period of time. But that doesn't mean that they're going to be able to 10, 15 years on the line because of how much is here. Like when all these when all these massively humongous artists came out, there wasn't a new fucking artist out releasing a song out every single day. 
that didn't exist. So you can't deny that uh, people's attention span doesn't is a lot shorter and do not listen to artists and the impact isn't as strong as it once was back then for that reason. Like, I but feel again, like that, kind of, that kind of dilutes the pool, which like lessens the chance of motherfuckers being legendary and begin with, because again, there's so many artists that come out all around the same time, especially now that all of them sound together, like sound a lot alike. They all use most of them use auto tune. So they sound alike vocally and like they have basically the same lyrical structure and the same beat structure. Not all of these people are going to even make it to be in the artist in the industry for five years. So, like, you have the ones that are really good at what they do, but there's no guarantee that they're going to become legends in the industry. I'm, that's, that's all I'm saying. It's like we have to wait and see if Young Thug is going to become a legend. I don't consider him a legend yet because I don't feel he's put in all of the work that he would need necessarily to be a legend. And I mean, that's actually putting out albums, going, you know, maybe I don't know what the touring situation is. I'm, I don't want to argue over fucking touring situation. But to me, I consider an artist is legend is if your music is so classic after a long ass fucking time, you're still able to tour and cake off of music, whether you're making new music or not. And that's another thing. That's another thing goes into another part of the argument that I said. Listen to these old ass groups, old ass bands, old ass singers that go out and do their shit. Most of them ain't making new music. They're touring off their old shit, which means all their music is so legendary. They don't need to keep coming up with new shit to try and keep fans or get new fans. Their old shit at a, at a point in time you know after their career is done is able to keep everybody coming to see them. You know I why? I don't always see that happening for a lot of rappers nowadays. You know why those old artists have those songs that like transcended years and decades even? Because there wasn't the pool of songs that exists now and songs were on the fucking Hot 100 or whatever for fucking ever, for, for fucking months probably. And I feel like but now... But what does that to say about the music that comes out so much now? That a lot of it is disposable. That, but that's all I'm saying. That like almost all of it is. Like even if it's good, even if something is good, right? Next week something comes out that's in that same ballpark of you know what you qualify as good, because there's so many artists that you can't even really allow this song to sink in. And I feel like it has nothing to do with the artist more so than how music is consumed. And I feel like that's the difference in back in the day was that these songs you would hear them on the radio, you would hear them at a fucking festival for fucking the whole year. But now that same artist that would live off of one or two humongous songs now have like 50 songs in a year. I'm exaggerating, but you get the point. Like that's, I mean, that's I get what the I'm point. Saying. But again, again, it goes into the actual quality of the music. You can put out 50 songs in a year, but with most of these artists, maybe 15 of them will be good. So why like, not just take your time compile your music all into one good thing so that you can actually put out a good body of work once every couple of years and then be set and not have to worry about releasing 50 songs 50 songs 50 songs 50 songs or two or three mixtapes before you release an album all in one year if you just actually take your time create music that will be good that will be sustainable that will last regardless of this disposable music shit that we have going on right now it'll stick around there's still a lot of songs that still get a lot of play from whether it's people. I don't know about radio stations because I don't really listen to the radio, but I still hear them, especially in the Internet space. And they're still a little older. So it's just like, OK, and like, you know, maybe it's only five years old, whatever, whatever. But at least it's still in the lexicon. But how many songs from five years ago are not still in the lexicon? That, but they still came out with a couple thousand songs or you know, a couple million songs came out that year. But only like 
a hundred of them ended up sticking around to be like in movies, in TV shows, in this and that, used for whatever, for whatever, whatever. You know what I'm saying? But what wouldn't saying? you say that? Wouldn't you say that now though? It's more so because of like viral moments or things like that, or more so than people actually liking the song. Wouldn't you say that those are the songs that stick around in people's head? More than actual good songs. Yeah, it's because the ones that of... they can turn into memes. That's that's the, those are the ones that stick around now. But again, that goes into the quality of music that's actually being made. If people were taking because... the time to make better music, people would take the time to listen to said better music. Now, let let, let me okay. Let's use an artist that I feel like me or you probably wouldn't deny are really good artists, mm-hmm. and that's J Cole and Kendrick Lamar. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm a big fan of both. Bigger fan of Kendrick Lamar. I really like that the damn album. But in all honesty, right, I can't really tell you, like, if I put it on, I'll be able to rap to probably most of the songs that are, to rap along with most of the songs. But I can't right now tell you what number five is called on Damn. You know what I mean? I, mean? I and, can't either. But uh, I mean. Okay. But, but, but that just speaks on what I was saying, that if we was living in the early 2000s, I'm almost guaranteeing you that you would know what number five is on the new whatever was hot that that month for those couple of months' album. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is that these songs lived or became these artists became legendary status because in their time you could have that you could have a song or an album have like a long lasting impression. And I feel like even with artists like J. Cole and Kendrick, artists that both me and you agree are good artists, we can't remember their fucking songs. So I feel like because of that, they're not impactful. You're not gonna you're not gonna listen to damn fifteen years down the line. As I would listen you... to damn before I listen to most other things fifteen years down the line. No, but but what I'm saying is that as much you wouldn't listen to damn as much as you would listen to right now an album from two thousand and five or two thousand three. That's all I'm saying. And I feel like it's because of that. And and well, it would depend it's... on the album and. I mean, I mean, all of that is kind of subjective. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, or, or or any. It doesn't have to be the Kendrick Lamar or J. Cole. It could be any album that you re- album you really like. Again, but again, really- that's still subjective to the person. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't know. I I kind of get what you're saying, but I'm kind of lost at where you're kind of going with it because it's just like you say you're gonna listen to an album from 2005 more than like Kendrick Lamar's damn. Album. No, I'm talking but- about you. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about you. How like an album you like right now, whatever mm-hmm. it is, right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm almost positive that you'll listen, you're more inclined to listen now to an album from 2005 or somewhere on that era that you really like, as opposed to 15 years on the line, you listen, I mean, I know you'll be older then too, but like you'll listen to an album that you like right now. That's what I'm saying. That the lifespan of the album you like right now is shorter than the lifespan of the album that you really like in 2005 or 2004. That's I can't really say that. I can't really say that because, again, if you're an actual hip-hop fan, it depends on you and what you're looking for in the music and the music that you're listening to. Now, if I was listening to uh, 50 Cent in 2005 versus listening to Kendrick Lamar in 2020, I'm probably 15 years from now going to listen to more Kendrick Lamar than I was 50 Cent, even though in 2005 I was more, I was heavily into 50 Cent. But again, that's seeing that's that's basically going off of the growth that I've seen for myself and the stuff that I've liked over the years and what I still listen to versus what I'm currently listening to and keep keep in my lexicon. That is a new album. I mean, I don't know. I just think niggas like personally point blank period. I just think niggas throw legendary status out too, too soon for so many artists and they don't let these people actually grow into their legendary status. 
and I don't I don't really care if it's if it's the recyclable music or the disposable music or whatever whatever I don't think that you can really change standards on what is going on what you could see as becoming legendary just because there's more music put out now like if you put out legendary music it's gonna be legendary music no matter how much music is coming out at the time that you're putting it out like people are gonna remember fucking New York state of mind before they fucking remember uh, Say My Name by Lil Zane. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just point blank period what it is. They'll, they'll also remember New York State of Mind and The Blueprint before they remember Damn and 2014 but again that's that's subjective to the person and what they're listening to not every not not every jay-z fan is going to be a kendrick fan and want to listen to that not every kendrick fan is going to listen to jay-z that's a very subjective way to look at it no because dog these are both very generally acclaimed albums it's not like i'm picking a specific album that i liked and nobody else liked these are these are albums and artists that generally most people like so that's why i'm picking them so that's all i'm saying but fuck it let's cut this shit right here because we don't keep going y'all let us know what y'all think if y'all agree with this fossil or this logical nigga right wow. here y'all let me know wow i'm y'all a fossil now and you y'all logical tall and little fucking young thug legendary look, okay okay look man, <laughs> look, man. i know it's, it, it's it's hard to get most illogical shit you said in a long time nigga <laughs> We're going to keep it rocking, though. Y'all let us know what y'all think. Please let us know what y'all think on this conversation here. No, bull. We're going to keep it rocking, though. Bet. All right. Boozy. Y'all know Boozy got shot last week down mm-hmm. in Texas going to uh, mourn the loss of MO3 after he was shot. And he got shot in the leg, which put him in a hospital for a few days. Why this nigga get up out the hospital in a goddamn wheelchair and say, I'm going to go ahead and perform. So he flew out to South Carolina and performed on Thanksgiving Day. In a mm-hmm. fucking wheelchair with his legs still bandaged up, sitting up on the little joint up out in front of him and shit. Looking a goddamn fool, smoking, just looking high as shit and lost in that damn chair. <laughs> it must have been the pain medicines making it. <laughs> Smoke, smoking along with the pain medication, yep. along with whatever. Look, man, it, it was exactly as, as messy as you could think it was, y'all. And it was great. I loved it. Uh, I just, I'm just, I just really hope that Boosie's taking the right precautions. You know what I mean, and not, not drinking with his pain medication because you know that could go a little, a little south there. And yo, for real, uh, South Carolina is one of the COVID centrals right now. That club was packed. And oh, that was in South Carolina. Yes, and not a nigga had a mask on that I saw. So hopefully, y'all just didn't have a Corona yo, concert. Dog, I see that so often. I'm sure you do on your Instagram or on mm-hmm. Snapchat or whatever. People yep. posting up that they're like at this bar that like is supposed to be following COVID regulations uh-huh. and it's like not one mask is there. Not even they're not even not they're not even doing the chin joint. You nope. know what I mean? They they just walking around like fuck it, we out here. Just so, like they ain't give a goddamn it's like what, mm-hmm. what the fuck is going on out here? COVID what? COVID who? COVID what? COVID who? <laughs> Nigga, I'm here to get lit. So yeah, no, nah, but I've seen that, man. And, uh, you know, you know, I've heard multiple times, I want to say on the Vlad TV interview, of him saying how hard of a worker that Boosie is. And the motherfucker got shot, and a week and a half later, I believe, he's over here, when they were allegedly saying that they were going to amputate his foot or whatever. Yeah. And a, and a week later, he's doing a show in, in COVID Central, so... And he said I, that he missed. He needed to do this show because he had already missed two the back end on two shows, and he wasn't going to miss a third one. I said, "This nigga, <laughs> he more worried about the back end than his actual health and safety." Like, hey, no, and 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 that's a different time for a different convers for a different conversation for a different day. <laughs> but nonetheless, 
I don't know, man. Like I said, I, I hope because you know a lot of times when when you're overworking yourself and you catch COVID, that's when people get it the worst. Is when their their immune system is down mm-hmm. and they're just overly working themselves. And you got to think his immune system is already trying to fucking take care of. I don't know if that's how that works, but I'm imagining that's how that works. It's trying to take care of that fucking bullet wound and mm-hmm. all kinds of other shit going on in his body. So on top of that, you go into the fucking COVID hothead, hot central hotbed of the whole fucking country. Exactly. You know, so definitely hope Boosie's taking the proper precautions. Hope he's taking that emergency uh, little powder before he goes in there. Yep. Uh, hope he's taking that vitamin C in the morning, multivitamins, all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, drinking that, drinking that sea moss, you know. <laughs> you know, but. Uh, Definitely, man. It's good. To, it's good to see Boozy. At least is in good spirits after being shot. You know, facts, facts. I saw the goofiest shit the other day. Fucking Kodak Black's dumbass basically came out and said, "Look, Trump, if you get me out of jail, I will donate a million dollars to a charity that will work towards pardoning Donald Trump." And I said, "This nigga's trying to look for to get out of jail at all costs if he's trying to go." and beg up on Donald Trump. Or maybe he liked Donald Trump. I don't know what, what Kodak's uh, political leanings are at all, and I really honestly don't care. But this is, I don't know, this is to me is just like, well, how much do you want me to dance, my son? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, like, look, let me just say this, dog. I feel like it just goes to show that some motherfuckers just do not give a fuck about morals, do not give a fuck about none of that, will sell their fucking soul to the white devil himself, to get the fuck, and granted, I've never been in jail. I don't know what it's like to be in jail. True. So maybe after spending, I think a good year now, he's been in there. I want to say maybe even longer than that. Yeah, I think about a I, year now. I think after being in there that long, I, don't, I mean, I would hope that I wouldn't, you know, sink to that level. But I don't know. So, but but what I will say is that from my life experiences of a non-jail nigga, I still think that that's it's a fucking a coon move, a sellout move. But I also think that it's not going to affect him in a negative way. I, I, I just feel like... I don't think it will yeah. either. Just like it's not going to affect Lil Wayne, and it's not going to affect yeah. 50 Cent. And it's not going to really affect Ice Cube either, so... Well, I mean, look, I feel like because Kodak's fan base is a lot more of, like, on the younger side, you know, young young motherfuckers don't really give a two shits about fucking politics and nothing like that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I've heard even young, like, 16-year-olds saying, man, Trump, he a real nigga, dog. And that. You know what I mean? Like, shit, like... Just dumb young nigga shit. So I feel like for that reason, more than anything, I feel like Kodak's career isn't going to take no loss or anything like that when he comes back out. Yeah, I can agree with same, that. Same thing with like a young boy. If, if something happened to like NBA young boy, he did some, and then he had said some wild shit. Uh, I think about like like some colorism shit or like talking about dark skin girls or some shit like that. Oh, I and, remember that. Yeah. And, and, and his, uh, his fan base just kind of just, they didn't really care all. about it. I mean, look at yeah, 6 9 went to jail for damn near a year, came out of uh, full-fledged yeah, no, snitch, there you and go. his fan base don't give a fuck either, so... There you go, full, full-fledged snitch and a fucking sexual predator and for the look. That just lets you know where, I mean, I hate talking trash about the shit that I love, but I mean, that just kind of lets you know the state of hip-hop, dog. At least, like, no, back in the day, back in the day, there were standards. If niggas did some shit, they wasn't fucked with and couldn't get work and all of this other shit. And if you were a certain way this way or if you were, like, you know, hitting on women and all this other shit, like, you was just kind of like a pariah. I mean, look at Chris Brown. How, how, how hard did Chris Brown have to work to get back into America's good graces? And Chris Brown was one of America's sweethearts for a damn near a decade before him and Rihanna mm-hmm. got into that. So it was just like, hey, R. Kelly defense, as long as this nigga good. <laughs> <laughs>
That seems nah, to be what it is for real. No, dog, and and, and I, I think R. Kelly's the perfect example of that. It, you don't even have to look too far into into any really anything really. You just look at R. Kelly as the biggest, most blatant, in your face example of that mm-hmm. of how of how long motherfuckers turned a blind eye because they liked the niggas' music. So, I mean, it was like thirty years with R. Kelly, dog. Like, mm-hmm. come on, bro. All y'all work for him, and y'all gonna have the audacity. Y'all gonna have the unmitigated gall to get on that goddamn surviving <laughs> R. Kelly talking about. Well, we were we was trying to send girls away, and we was trying to do this. Nigga, don't get the girls in the first place. Y'all niggas had a goddamn conscience. Y'all niggas had a goddamn soul. Y'all knew what the fuck was going on. All y'all niggas going to hell. That's all I got to say about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. All right, y'all. So we're going to end the album talking about a little bit of album sales uh, for our girl, Meg The Stallion. She just released uh, her new album. And I will tell you what that album is called in like two seconds. You give me a second. Uh, what the fuck is that? Damn it. My bad, y'all. <laughs> uh, Damn it, I told you. I told you too, and I I, I I don't know why I didn't take a screenshot of it or write it down. But here it is. Make the Stallion's new album, Good News, which features the very first song on the album, I want to say, is a shot at, at Tori and that whole thing. All over over who shot you, ironically enough. Yep. Kind of, which is we'll, we'll get into that when we when we take the first listen into that. But um Soda 103K. Now, me and you were having a brief discussion about this before the show. You felt like this is a decent number. I, on the other hand, felt like she could have done a little bit better simply because of her name, her status in rap. And you got guys like Lil Baby who are getting 250, 200, close to 300K in the first week. And I just feel like Meg should be at least in the twos. You know what I mean? How, how do you feel about about? Uh, well, after after talking with you, I kind of feel the same way. She should definitely be higher with her sales. But at the same time, female MCs always sell less mm-hmm. than male MCs. That's just kind of how it's always been. I mean, it's it's shitty because, like, from what I've heard of Meg's album, it's better than a lot of the stuff that I've heard come out recently by some of the most influential niggas in the game right now. Right, um, right. But, I mean, I, I, you know, it is what it is. I, it's definitely a low number, but it's also not a number to sneeze at. Because, I mean, look, no. at, look at some of these dudes come out here and they only get like 56, 70K for, you know, the first week sales. And, I mean, 100K is a good jump off point, uh, especially for a first album. But like you said, with her name and where she's been at and blah, blah, blah. Like, let me let me. I think her problem, right, was that she didn't have a really popping single when this album released. If you look at her last single, uh, Savage, mm-hmm. the Beyonce, the, the, the with Beyonce, yeah. the remix, that was the only song that was on here. But I feel like had she put out this album when both the remix and the other song were peaking, yeah, she probably could have easily sold two, three, three K. So if she'd have put three, out instead K. of putting out the mixtape, if she'd have just put out the album and included mm-hmm. Savage and the remix on the mm-hmm. album. Oh, yeah. I agree with you. I think that it would have fucking blasted off like shit. Because let, let's let's be real, right? A lot of these artists, rappers do this shit all the time, where they'll have a really big song, and that'll come out before the album. And if and what they do is they put that song on the album so they can get all the sales from that song on the album. So that's how these niggas be getting like a million. And, like that's how Drake <clears throat> got uh, Cardi B. Like, <clears throat> yeah, a couple couple people. Cardi, Cardi B, Drake, <laughs> to name a few. Yes. Uh, damn who, hotline who got, bling. 
Hotline Bling, which immediately gave him like a million sales, which uh-huh. which which Hotline Bling came out over a year be, uh, before that album came out. Just saying. Yep. So so yeah so you know and, and again it's all strategy. You, you can't be really too mad about it. It's all part of the game. And these niggas, like I said, like I always say, dog, if you're a part of a game, whether you like it or not, you have to play it. Basically, you know, you have to play the game, and and if not, you're gonna get fucking played. Yeah. That's just what it is. You just have to so learn how to maneuver within those rules to best uh, benefit you. Exactly. So I don't I don't really blame these artists for you know doing all the sneaky stuff for it, mm-hmm. but I feel like uh, in this case, that's where Meg kind of dropped the ball. I don't, I don't think there's a a major. I, don't, I can't think of a song that's like I mean I don't like again we don't really listen to the radio all that much, but I don't think of a song. I can't think of a song that's really making its rounds, if you will. Yeah. Uh, right now. That that has Meg on it, aside from WAP, but WAP is a Cardi song. That's so. true. But um, but yeah, but you know, we're gonna we're gonna listen to it a little bit uh in the next episode, so we'll 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 see how I feel about it. And I'm probably gonna, cause I like like I told you before the show, I, I've heard some mixed reviews from it, but I haven't heard any of it, so I kind of wanna kind of wanna see what it's about. Nah, I I need to go back and listen to it again, cause like as we've discussed many times over, I I don't get anything from records until about the third time that I hear them. <laughs> I, I hear the lyrical ability, like the flow and everything in the beats, and then I go back and start dissecting everything about it. So. I, I, gotta gotta on, I gotta get on my shit with that but, um, uh, One more thing Before we get up out of here today Don't have to speak long on it Because I just want to actually shout them out uh, T.I., Aesop Rocky, Snoop Dogg Slim Jimmy from Ray Shermard uh, Chance the Rapper and Travis Scott All of these dudes uh, Delivered food to either food banks The homeless or the poor In different communities throughout the United States For Thanksgiving Making sure that people during this pandemic actually have something that they can be thankful for so shout out to all you guys as i told you before before we started doing the show i think that it's great that more of these rappers and honestly more people in general are starting to do this out in the communities regardless of the covid because Mm -hmm. i feel like every year you hear about more of these bigger artists kind of going into that route and getting shit for christmas or getting shit for thanksgiving you know doing backpacks for kids to go back to school shit like that and i love to see it because it's just not you getting rich and flaunting it to everyone in your music and in your videos, but you're actually investing it back into whether it's the neighborhood that you grew up in or whatever neighborhood needs the shit. It makes me happy that more rappers are actually on this tip now. And I hope that the trend increases. Oh, 100%. And um, just want to add to that, that you mentioned COVID. And let me just say, I better not hear no rappers using COVID as an excuse. Because I've seen all of you niggas at, at all kinds of brunches, mm-hmm. at all kinds of clubs, at all kinds of gatherings with well over a hundred, maybe even a thousand people, to be honest, mm-hmm. with zero mask in sight. Exactly. So don't come over here talking about that. Oh, I don't know. You know, COVID shit. Nah, and, nigga. We've seen all of you niggas there. And I don't want to hear any rappers talking about, well, you know, COVID was crazy and I wasn't able to work on anything and blah, blah, blah. No, nigga. You've had well, um, almost damn near a year at this point. You could have got your beats together, been writing your lyrics, been fucking, you know, equalizing and mixing and mastering your shit. Man, most a lot of motherfuckers came out with albums during COVID because they had shit else to do but sit around, write some music, and put it out for people. Well, and that's a smooth transition into y'all motherfuckers. If y'all been wanting to lose weight, if y'all been wanting to dump that dirty motherfucker, if y'all wanted to buy a house, quit your job, whatever the fuck you want to do, this is the motherfucking time to do it. If you haven't done it yet or if you haven't already started, you're fucking slacking, man. Exactly. Get it 
All right. Well, before we get up out of here, y'all know we like to do album suggestions for y'all. Yes, so, um, sir, do you have one for the people today? I do. I do. So y'all know I'm a, a big Wiz Khalifa fan over here. One of, I, well, at least when I was in high school, I felt like I was kind of like when he was at his most best for me. Yeah. And one of those, one of those uh, mixtapes slash albums, if you want to call it that, uh, was Taylor Alderdice, which came out in 2012. Definitely remember driving to my fucking community college at the time, listening to the album a lot. You got uh, songs like California, Mia Wallace, uh, Amber Ice. Uh, one of my favorite joints is uh, what is this? Uh, it's with Juicy J called The Code. Really dope album. I feel like if you like The Wiz before he started making the music he makes now, for those of y'all that are Wiz Khalifa fans, y'all know what I'm talking about. But if you like that kind of Wiz, like that, I guess if you want to call it stoner vibe kind of Wiz, uh-huh. definitely check this out. I feel like this is one of his last projects that kind of, you know, kind of had that tone to it. So check out Taylor All the Dice by Wiz Khalifa. All right. And funny that we were talking about Outcast earlier because my joint is Outcast, AT Aliens. <laughs> Back from uh what 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 nineteen ninety-six, the album that brought you Elevators, AT Aliens the song, and Jazzy Bell. It has a lot of vicious dope so- uh dope songs on this joint. And honestly, I don't know if this is an album for everybody. This is their second album. And it's definitely, I mean, we all know Outkast is is a different vibe, no matter what album you're listening to them in. But I feel like their first two albums were very, very different. And I think to me, kind of special. And that's what kind of, you know, brought me to them. And I remember actually borrowing this album from one of my friends who was like 16 at the time and like just having it for like a month and just letting it play and play and play and play. So I have a real affinity for this album, Outkast, uh, I mean, uh, Elevators is one of my absolute favorite songs of outcast point blank period plus uh two dope two dope boys in a cadillac that joint is vicious as shit it's got a lot of pimp vibes a lot of space vibes and if you actually have the hard copy album the actual cd the in the the inside pamphlet is actually a little comic book of andre 3000 and big boy uh for the whole at aliens thing and it was like them finding the aliens in like a pyramid or some weird shit they both had a some type of ridiculous power or something like that i don't i don't remember because i ain't seen it in years but it was dope as shit and it was a, it went perfectly with this album this album has a crazy feel so if you want to definitely hear something different and get your fucking lyrical life listen to at aliens by outcast let me just say shout out to them days where pamphlets were something you actually looked through and wasn't just a one page thing that says the song's on. Because mm-hmm. I remember damn near every, like if your album didn't have like some sort of fucking autobiography about you in there, you know what I mean? Like that shit was trash. Though. Or the lyrics to the songs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You had to at least have a, a lyric book along to go with your fucking credits and shit, though. You had to. Exactly. All right. Well, is there anything else you wanted to tell the people out there today, sir? Nah, man. Thank you for tuning in, man. Thank y'all for uh, listening. And definitely go check out that Run the Jewels review, uh, I believe, was out now as we speak. Yes, sir. So definitely go check that out and go check out also our other uh, previous album reviews that I can't remember at the moment. But <laughs> also stay tuned for more album reviews that are coming. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. Well, y'all know where y'all can find us. Y'all can find us for your listening pleasure on SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Spotify, Radio Republic, and Google Podcasts. You can find us on social media, Instagram, and Twitter at HQ Podcast. And yes, that is all spelled out. Yes, sir. And you can also find us by going to uh, Facebook.com and searching out Hip Hop Heads Podcast. 
So y'all know where to find us. What the fuck? Why I gotta keep telling y'all this every goddamn hey, man, we, duh, I'm telling you, though. <laughs> this is all y'all gotta know. Exactly. Uh, quick shout outs. Uh, I know we haven't done these in a while, but let me pull my issue. Quick shout outs to uh, South Africa rocking hard with us, Brazil, Ghana, Australia, Nigeria, <laughs> Angola, Peru, the Philippines, Russia, Kenya. Jamaica, Italy, Sweden, Botswana, India, France, Belgium, Spain, Cameroon, Egypt, Portugal, Mexico, New Zealand, Ukraine, Senegal, Mozambique, Ireland, Japan, Singapore, Korea, South Korea. Man, we love all of y'all. And, you know, as we say every fucking week, y'all, from us to everybody around the world, we love y'all. Take care of yourselves. Be good. And if you can't be good, be the best you can be. Wash your hands. Wash your ass. And we'll holler at you later. Peace. Peace.